the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with Paul Peck and the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti, who cannot get away from NFL free agency, even though you want Why would you want to? Well, we did last week with baseball yep. and um, some snow. By the way, Yankees, yesterday, yeah. the snow, I mean, snowed out. Um, it's like my high school games. <laughs> like you couldn't start your high school season because of snow um, back in the Finger Lakes. But anyways, um, we can't get away from NFL free agency because – you have it, com, and I, I love the picture of Indomitian <laughs> Sue uh, on there. I'll hold that up for the audience. Uh, That's his reaction to being a Dolphin for that, that yeah, many years. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, although well, I like the throwback Dolphin uniform that he's yes, wearing. Yes, I love the throwback Right? The new ones uniform. are terrible. Go back to the old flipper and uh, those colors. That, that's got a great caption it yourself contest possibility there. Yes. <laughs> right? Like, why did I sign here in Miami? Oh, yeah, I know why. A yeah. gazillion dollars. dollars a year, right. right. That's yeah. a picture of a dumbican. Oof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what he's saying right. there. So, but you have winners, losers, and guaranteed truths in this article. And I like how you have the fake and real totals. Let's talk about that first, the yeah. fake and real totals. Yeah, so so basically what we're doing is we're tracking every dollar here in terms of the total value of these contracts that come in. And then obviously we break it down, you know, in terms of how they're structured for guaranteed money. And then the real the real metric that we've been fa- talking about here, you know, the, the past few weeks, which is the guaranteed money at signing. The upfront, definitely going to have it guaranteed money. So when you're reading the article and you're looking at the free agent tracker on SpotTrack, that, that's really the metric to take a look at. And what we've done is basically gone position by position here and, and sort of laid out how much of that total value is actually guaranteed up front. And, and to, to be frank, it, it's, it's a good number. It's, it's gotten a lot better over the last three years. It's a 12% increase since 2015. Uh, so nuts and bolts, we're talking about 46% of $2.4 billion is actually guaranteed at signing. That and seems low to me, though. It's low. It's low in, but in the NFL. But we're talking about 34%, you know, three years ago. So right. it's, it's, it's getting better. Yes, there are some reasons why, and we'll kind of go through that. Well, but. And, and that's what, when I look at the list, it, you know, if the initial question is why is guaranteed money up, the answer is the same as when you look at the list of positions that yeah. get the most guaranteed money. It, it is, but there's a reason those are higher as well, right? It's not just because Kirk Cousins hit the market and, and other quarterbacks, you know, followed him and sort of did what he did. What happened is these prominent positions we're talking about, you know, defensive tackles, wide receivers, quarterbacks, they're at at or around 50% quarterbacks at 72%, by the way. Um, They're there because everybody sort of bought into the same condition. And the condition is this. We want to maximize our guaranteed money. And to do so, we have to, we have to sign smaller contracts. We have to sign three-year deals, not five and six-year deals, we have to give the team less room to spread out the money, and we need to, to make it more compact because we know they're not going to guarantee any money in a fourth year. It's never happened. It's not going to happen. Hopefully, it will start to happen. That is the next piece to this puzzle. But as of right now, we're talking about two to three years fully guaranteed at signing for a lot of these major positions. And really, a lot of these positions followed suit. Like I said, Kirk Cousins was the was the breadwinner with the hundred percent, you know, eighty four million. But a lot of we've made note of a lot of players here who just kind of sort of followed the structure. Uh, I'm going to let you guys both think about this. Maybe this is what we'll answer on the post show. Is there a position in any other sport that is as impactful on the field and in the negotiating room than quarterback is in the NFL? Don't answer it yet. We'll answer it later. In any other sport. I think left-handed starting pitcher. 
is 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 a if a, yes. a close comparison. Starting pitcher, left left-handed starting pitcher, but not as impactful because that's only once every five days. Oh, oh. watch the World Series, my friend. I not, don't know. Quarterback is every play. You're probably right. Every play. You're probably right. And when when I look at these numbers, I'm like, well, of course the quarterbacks are 30% higher on average in guaranteed salary than any other. Because there aren't enough of them. If you don't have one, you're desperate for one. And if you have a good one, you're desperate to keep him. I'd say 10 years ago, I'd say goaltender in hockey, but I will not say it anymore. Yes, it used to be. You're right. That was the one thing that popped into my head when I was trying to answer my own question was I was thinking goaltender in hockey, but, you know, I. I would argue become I, the puck moving defenseman now. Yeah, but I but quarterback is such an anomaly in everything it does and everything it impacts in football. Well, well to your point, uh, you know, a lot of the names on this list, this free agent list, are not starting quarterbacks. So it's not like only starting quarterbacks got major guaranteed money. These backups, look at Drew Stanton got a lot of money. Chase Daniel got a lot of money in because terms of God guaranteed. forbid your starting one gets hurt, uh, you it, better be covered. And it's Nick not Foles just the first changed all that you're for right. every team. Changed, changed everything. Yeah, yep. you're, you're seeing a lot of guys who are second and third in the depth chart right now with decent contracts. The interesting thing to me is the guaranteed money at signing for quarterback, right? So guaranteed money at signing means you're. Exactly what it means. Definitely it, no matter get it. what. Yeah, yep. no matter what. You you know, you, you quit, cut, signed, injured, whatever. Yep. They don't like you. This is what you're getting. In four years, mm-hmm. it it went up, it went down, and then it just shot up astronomically at yeah. quarterback, right? It was forty five percent in two thousand fifteen, up to forty nine percent in sixteen, down to forty three percent. Is that because there wasn't as many free agent the market, quarterbacks? Probably, there, right? there almost never is a legitimate right. starting quarterback right. on the market. So, so we've yeah. had one this year, yeah. and that's why that number is huge. So right? back to back to my point, what that's saying is, it, let's say the last three years didn't have a legitimate starting quarterback. That means backups got 50% of their contracts guaranteed is what wow. that means. So wow. that's what I mean. It's Yeah, to Paul's point, it's a powerful, powerful position, maybe the most powerful in sports, and it was the... It was the benchmark for the rest of the free agent uh, market this year. I, I want to go back to my my opening statement uh, <laughs> about forty six percent seemed low to me. If I were the NFLPA, I I'd be looking at that percentage and saying, okay, you know, we have all these celebrations of these huge contracts, but not even half of that money's guaranteed. Yep. That that's a flaw in the system. The the salary the money they use to pay salaries is guaranteed. It's not a flaw. It it, it depends on your perspective. It, it's the system. Yeah. The system is what it's always been. That contracts are not guaranteed in the NFL. From a player and a union perspective, it's a flaw. Okay. From an owner perspective, it's a benefit. Well, let's bring it. Let's bring it down to everybody's uh, you know regular work life, right? Uh, for those who are taking a break from lunch right now, watching this on Periscope or listening to this right now on your drive to or from work. And if you went in and took a new job and said, hey, you know, I, I just signed an employment contract to go work for Google for five years, and they're going to pay me two hundred grand a year. It's a million dollars. Wow, fantastic. Well, it's really not a million. It's I only guaranteed two and a half years of that. Um, yep. Really? Well, why would you jump for that? So that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, you, 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 you put the headlines in this huge contract, but – the reality is, and that's what's great about SpotTrack, gives you the reality in NFL contracts. The reality is it's only a two-year deal or a three-year deal. So so isn't the discussion also – I mean, I mean, obviously, we, we kind of know why this has happened, right? The, the salary cap sort of took, you know, contracts and made them fluffy, right? It made them, it made them silly. It made, it made sure. teams put out, you know, half a contract that doesn't really exist. I'm a $100 and, million dollar man, but yeah, you're not really. Yeah, not really. Yeah. So so isn't, the, isn't the, the more interesting point to look at, though, that the positions that are getting – 
almost the least amount of guaranteed money are maybe the most violent positions. I mean, we're talking about safeties, running backs, which means even cornerbacks, which took means a hit injury this year. prone and interchangeable. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, their teams are more and more and more and more and more afraid to put guaranteed money at these positions. But those are the positions that need it the most. I mean, those are the, those are the guys who are going to the blue collar guys going to work every day, getting their he- their helmets smashed in. But don't forget, there's way more players that want to be in the NFL than there are jobs in That's the right. league. That's right. They're replaceable, and we've, they've seen that over the past five years. Well, running back is fascinating when you see you say that. Yep. 26% last year, 26.6% guaranteed last year. This year, 37%. Mm-hmm. Due to some fluffy contracts, fluff, yeah, as you called. <laughs> that's the, that's the word of the year. But that is one of the lowest, right? I mean, uh, running backs one of the lowest guaranteed percentages out there. What second outside lowest. line outside linebackers the lowest, and running back it's the second lowest, yeah. and those two collide a lot. Yeah, the outside linebacker is there though because no good outside linebacker ever hits free agency. It just doesn't happen. I mean, if you're an yes, elite, because it's not elite, it's it's not that it isn't a valuable position. No. It is. No, if you can if you can rush the passer, you don't make it to March. So it's that's just kind of the the way that works. So you're never going to see big numbers in terms of free agency with uh, defensive ends or outside linebackers. If you're there, there's a reason you're there, and your guaranteed money will do, generally reflect that. So. Uh, yeah, the running back is it's it's been up and down in terms of how this this uh, guaranteed percentage has has fluctuated a little bit, but it's yeah it's the bottom of the barrel in terms of the positional breakdown across the league right now. All right, every contract has an out, right? Yeah. An out clause where that money's not guaranteed, and you have notable potential outs here. And Tremaine Johnson leads. The league in the notable potential out. Yeah, he. I mean, he, he put together a massive contract with the Jets. He he went back-to-back franchise tags with the Rams, so he's already cashed in. It's a similar situation to Kirk Cousins. Um, and he went $72.5 million with the Jets, but really it's a three-year, $45 million deal. And, and, and that's sort of the, the path we've taken here. We, we've kind of coined this phrase, potential out, and you'll see that across uh, all the player pages and the free agent tracker and things like that on SpotTrack. Basically, what that means is kind of what you're talking about, Kevin. There's no $100 million contract in the NFL. Really, it's a $50 million contract. Well, we're actually showing what that that really part of the contract is, right? So there's a reported contract. There's a potential out contract. There's no contract with a potential out in free agency over three years. That's just it's just how it is. There's no fourth-year guarantee in terms of guaranteed money at signing. So you're going to see any five-year contract is generally a three. Some of them are twos. I mean, some of them are really fluffy in terms of how they're structured up front. Uh, generally, a four-year contract is a two-year contract. Three-year contract could be a one-year contract. So when, you, when you're looking at a free agent tracker, that right column is, is really interesting to see you know, when the team can get out of this. Because in a lot of cases, it's a one-year deal. It's a one-year decently cash flow deal. And you might be seeing this guy in the free agent market again next year. So that it, that's the reality of how the, the money is structured, how the cash flow is set up, and that's just sort of the way the best way to look at it right now. I'm looking. There's two contracts yeah. that, and there's really one that looks mind blowing to me, the Teddy Bridgewater deal. Yeah, yeah. So so I, I, I threw a, I threw a tweet out the second I found the, the the breakdown for that, and really really what could happen as we've sort of seen the Jets progress here. I mean, the big trade up and right. and where they're they're sitting for a quarterback in terms of the draft next month. This could be a $500,000 get-out deal in terms of Teddy Bridgewater. Never even makes it the training camp deal. He gets his deal. signing bonus. Nothing else is guaranteed right now but that bonus. They could cut him at any point in time. Yeah, they, they maybe, oh. the, maybe they'll give him a look in training camp um, and sort of see where he fits in ter- with the rest of their competition. But they've got Josh McCown on 10, $10 million guaranteed. 
Yeah, he's 100%, 100% there. Guaranteed he's there to, for this to year. mentor sure, the quarterback. Well, so he's yeah. a, so there's there. two quarterbacks. Are they going to keep a third one? They've got Christian Hackenberg. They've got he's, Bryce Petty. Yeah, those got, guys. I think and then are they've gone. got this first round pick. Right. So, so why why would the Jets do it? Why would why Bridgewater would do, it? do it? Well, that yeah. was the other. Why would Bridgewater do it? I, I, it? It had to have been the best offer available. It had to have been. And that's because I, nobody really knows if he's gonna if he's the same player yeah. anymore. Yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, that, that that's a situation where he may be. Not six million, but five hundred thousand dollars, and not even make. It to Would he have been first, better so. off not signing anywhere and just waiting to see what shakes out in OTAs you know, and training camps and find a team that is desperate? You know, I think waiting at least a little longer would have been beneficial because we're going to talk about it a little later. But one, I think one of the losers in free agency—spoiler alert—is AJ McCarron. You know, a guy who signed right here in Buffalo. Um, he did. I don't think he had a choice but to wait. But if Teddy Bridgewater is still available, I, I think that's an interesting situation with sure. those two available, even heading towards the draft. When because you know teams aren't gonna aren't gonna get what they what they want. Right. In the draft. Teddy might have been better off yeah, waiting to see be, which team gets nosed right. out of the quarterback right. position. Right. Or he gets five hundred grand. <laughs> wait. You know, and the upsides he gets six million, or he gets a new team. Yeah. So I think you look at it that way. Hey, Teddy, look at it. It's not great out there. I can get you half a million bucks right, right now. At least you have a team for now. And, yeah. And, or he, his agent could go after they draft a quarterback and go, can you release my guy? He isn't going to make this team. Can well, you release him? They could trade him. And, or and they get could one of those him. picks back. Maybe they the Jets were smarter three. than all of us, and they did it to turn around and get a draft pick for him. That how many times? Like the Jets, <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? How many times has anybody ever said that? That's right. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Jets fans. All right. Um, all right. So, so now winners and losers. Yes. And you already gave us a preview, and you'll get more into that. But as you now that free agency is completely pretty much settled down, you, you, Mike, you've had the chance to take a step back and look at what every team did and decide which teams were the free agency winners and losers based on contracts. So start with the winners. Yeah, so the, the big winner that we put together is actually a, a two-pack. It's it's the Bears and the Chiefs because they're really on similar paths here, right? They they both kind of, you know, flew up the draft board last year, picked the quarterback. Neither of them really needed one at that point, right? They had Alex Smith. They had newly signed Mike Glennon. Um, and they both kind of uh, got their guy last year and then put themselves in a position to make a list of players they needed to release, make a list of positions they wanted to fill this year, and they've done that. And it really starts with offensive weapons. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs made a big, big splash in free agency, bringing in Sammy Watkins on a, on a basically two-year fully guaranteed deal. Um, and, and the Bears kind of went the other way. They went a little bit riskier with Allen Robinson, who's got a ton of upside but is coming off a, a nasty injury. And then they also brought in Trey Burton, arguably the best tight end available. So, Look, there's big weapons in terms of those offenses. They they've both got their young quarterbacks in place, so they're they're on the path to sort of get to the point where they're going to be cheap in the right positions and in a window where they can maybe a three year window where they can go and win right now. So, you know that that's a win in terms of how their process sort of played out over the past eighteen months. Um, another win, a more interesting win. I, I've got Le'Veon Bell on this list, and, and really it's about what we've already talked on about. On first glance, you would think because yeah. he hasn't gotten the guaranteed yeah. money that he so desperately wants, you'd think he'd be on the loser list. That's right, um, and I think he was. I think he was, a you know, Le'Veon Bell's a big loser, right? <laughs> For the, but I think over the past two years he has been because we didn't really know. We, we were sort of hoping and thinking that Le'Veon Bell was going was gonna to break this market back in, right? It was going to be his contract was going to reset the, reset things and running backs could make their money from there. It's not happening. It, it, there's no there's no talk about Pittsburgh doing it. I don't think Pittsburgh should do it at this point. Um, and, and when you put the numbers on paper like I've done here, 
Le'Veon Bell is making a heck of a lot of money <laughs> with this $14.5 million franchise tag. Look, at we saw six running backs, starting running backs from last year. Two of them were the high, one of the highest paid running backs, just flat out released. Um, most of them have found work on cheap deals. Some of them haven't. I mean, there's still some really nice names on the available list for running backs right now. Um, but but what's happened is because those guys are, are off the board and because a ton of teams have taken basically veteran minimums for a lot of these running backs, the average running back salary right now is $2.5 million. So if he, yeah. So he's making fourteen and a half million in two thousand eighteen. So right. when you're talking about a situation, you know, I've even got it here. No running back is even guaranteed fourteen and a half million on their entire contract from from free agency this wow. year. I mean, that's that's how I was far it's say, gone. He'd be hard pressed to find a two year deal to pay him. Yeah, that much. That, you're talking about a total compensation package of guaranteed money. He's maxing out on that right now with one year. So he's got to get over. He's got to stop yeah. complaining and get over the fact yeah. that the best thing for him may be the franchise tag. Because if he has the kind of year that he should, then he goes around and does it again next year. Yeah, it, it, he's going to be hard pressed to find fifteen million guaranteed on the market anyway right now just because of how things have shaken out there's no other running back look look at he's is he 80 percent better than any running back in the league you'd be hard pressed to, no. to find anybody to say that because that's where he is in terms of his his compensation right now so you, he's a winner right now <laughs> you call aj mccarron a loser i do yeah is that um, because there was a thought <laughs> that he was ready to step into a starting role and that didn't happen or is there another reason yeah th- that that is the thinking the thinking is he sort of put himself on this market, right? I mean, he went and filed a grievance and got himself unrestricted free agency in a quarterback-heavy market, which is argu- arguably not a good idea. But he put himself on this list, which means he thinks he's ready, which means his agent thinks he's ready, which means he thought teams thought he was ready. And he was sort of the last man standing, like we just cu- kind of talked about. And, and, and he went to a team that needed a quarterback, so it's not like he's going to you know, a backup position. He is probably the week, the week one starter in Buffalo. I think all signs point to that, regardless mm-hmm. of what the Bills do in the next couple of weeks. Week five, maybe not yeah, so much. Yeah, we'll, we'll readdress that. <laughs> but but look, at he's on a one-year $5 million deal. I mean, that's it. So he went from you know a, a rookie contract, a mid-round rookie contract, to $5 million. So he got $5 million instead yeah. of waiting a year, as you suggested maybe he should have. Yeah. He gets one year, $5 million. Maybe he starts 12 games. Maybe he starts two. But either way, he can go find the next team next year that needs a starting quarterback and maybe put himself there because so, so, there won't be a Kirk Cousins on the market next year. There, there won't, but but here's why I, I still have him as a loser right now because because of what you just said. Is he even going to get four weeks in a Buffalo uniform to, to, to be a starter? Is there going to be a showcase for him? You know what I mean? Are, are people going to go off training camp video to sign him to a nice contract next year to be their no. quasi-starting quarterback? no. no. Um, they didn't go off four games, including a playoff game, this time. I think it says a lot for, for A.G. McCarron that the Bengals are still rolling with Andy Dalton. They have had, they've had two years to get out of that contract with almost no dead cap, and they didn't, which means that A.G. McCarron isn't Andy Dalton. They and know what not, he is. And if he's not Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton's not, you know, not Aaron Rodgers, let's be honest. Hey, listen, there, so. Andy Dalton's a savior in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the Bengals-Bills relationship has really gotten a little awkward. Yes, hasn't it, it? I mean, it has. It's kind of yeah, everywhere right, right now. So, yeah. Well, you know, and again, and I, and I, <laughs> I, I know that in an interview that, that with the media that A.J. McCarron did, he was asked if, if he asked the Bills whether they're going to draft a quarterback, and he said no, and I understand that. That's not how guys think. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they know. They know what's going on. Their agent knows. But A.J. McCarron can't worry about that. He's got to worry about 
himself. And if he's the best quarterback, uh, he'll play as long as he can until the inevitable happens. So, uh, you know, I think sometimes fans think that, you know, they, that these guys all are keeping up on yeah. every piece of news and tidbit about every other team. They're really not. They, they have faith in their own ability or they have faith in their own ability to say, you know what, if it isn't in Buffalo, it'll be somewhere else. Okay, I'm going to skip over the Rams because they are very obviously a winner this offseason, right? I mean, you can name five names that are all Assuming really good moves. Assuming Tlaib and Peters don't entirely shred their <laughs> team culture. I think uh, I think it goes without saying. That or they, Nick Dominic and Sue, for that matter. Yeah, yeah, maybe not the highest character players in the league, but, man, they brought in some monsters in terms of that defense. So they're a winner. We don't need to talk about that. Let's talk about the Dolphins because uh, we've sort of alluded to them a couple of times here already. Uh, I'm confused on the Miami Dolphins. And I don't know if you guys are with me on this. They sort of... They're in that position where they started to rip the Band-Aid off, and maybe they stopped. That's halfway exactly through. what I was thinking. Adam and Gase is trying to make changes there, but they have not gone all in on. Yeah, that. which doesn't make any sense, right? Because if you're going to do it, you've got to do it this year, right? Just that's just sort of how the AFC East is rounding out. I mean, we don't know how many years Tom Brady's got left. The Bills appear to be ramping up. The Jets are, I think, close. They're probably parallel with the Bills right now in terms of their process. I don't think the Dolphins have a process, and no, that's what scares don't. me. Is 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 I think they threw Jarvis Landry out the door, maybe without a backup plan, because I don't think Dan, Danny Amendola is a backup plan. No, no, and he's not anywhere the player in Miami that he was in New England. Right, I, they're getting older. Yeah, they're getting cheaper. I mean, they've they've shed some some cap in terms of getting themselves prepared. But then they went and restructured Ryan Tannehill in, in a in a in a week when I thought they might release him. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. They, they, they did what, you know, actually the Buffalo Bills sort of did last season. They got rid of their... Tyrod Taylor, yes. Uh, well, they got rid of their best players, yes. if you will, and the Bills moved on from their quarterback. And I say their best players, highest drafted players, um, Marcel Darius and Sammy Watkins. You look at Ndamukong Sue and Jarvis Landry, yep. and then even trading Najai last year during the season, you're like, okay, they're, they're rebuilding here. And the Bills moved on from Tyrod Taylor. And Tannehill, yeah, to restructure him, I, yeah, I'm yeah, with you. I think I'm okay, he's okay, but I think he's a backup. I think I think the Tannehill move was really the one that set me over the edge here because up until that point, the Bills were a perfect comp, comp, comp for them. They they were it was a culture change. It wasn't a rebuild. It wasn't a we're not, you know we're not we're not trying to take everything down and start from scratch like the Browns have been doing for 30 years. The the uh, it was clearly a culture change. They brought in some good. I mean, literally in my article, I talk about there is a reaction to every action. There's a you lost a wide receiver, you got a wide receiver. You lost a, a defensive end, you got a defensive end. You lost a center, you got a center. So they, they had a plan in place in terms of replacing their moves, but then they pushed more dead camp into Ryan Tannehill next year, which makes absolutely no sense. It's you know what? Cost that, them $13 million to, to cut him next year. You know what my read between the lines on that is? Ownership is not all in on a gut job yeah. like has been in other places that that they they want the fan base may not be ready to accept it. They don't want to anger the fan base. They have this fine tradition of uh, the seventy two Dolphins that I still think hangs over Oof. the head of that franchise. That what it tells me is that Adam Gase wanted to go a lot farther but wasn't allowed to. Here's here's what scares me, and you just hit the nail on the head. And Kevin and I have talked about this over the past couple of weeks. Adam Gase is definitely fighting for his job right now, too. Yes. So what happens in 12 months when at, when they've got an entirely new coaching regime and they've got players that they don't want but right. cost a lot to get rid of right. because they sort of rebuilt this year but didn't really rebuild? I, I just think if I'm, in, if I'm in Miami right now, I am ripping that Band-Aid off. I, I'm going all in on 
anybody who isn't going to be here for, you know, two, three years, they're gone. They've got to go because uh, they're in a position where they could use the cap. They need to be acquiring cap for next year when it clearly they're going to be, you know, looking to build more in terms of their draft and their free agency. Um, That's just a, they're a puzzling team in terms of what they've done in the last four weeks for me. All right. There's still more time for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, it's early. (laughs) It's early. (laughs) baseball season all right we're gonna we're gonna transition we have we're gonna talk some hockey then we're gonna come back to football in a little bit yes that sounds right all right so we're gonna talk about some hockey in our contract of the week time now for the contract of the week all right contract of the week and hockey two guys announced their retirement and their careers are parallel because, frankly, they don't know how to exist without being parallel, right? <laughs> right. That's it's Sadiq. such an incredibly unique <laughs> right? situation. Yeah. How do those guys even date, uh, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about the Sedin brothers yeah. in Vancouver, which is such a – if you ever want to look at the backstory and how Brian Burke got the Sedins. Yeah, actually, tell the story. I, I think okay. it's really interesting, Well, Kevin. it's it's pretty – you're assuming I remember the whole story. Yeah. But <laughs> he, he crafted some trades to get back-to-back picks – uh, in the draft to take the brothers. And everybody knew he wanted to get both of the brothers, and he knew he had to do it because to get them to come over, he'd have to get them both. Right. It was about getting them to sign, right? Yes. I mean, in order to get one to sign, you had to get them both, and he ended up getting them number two and number three overall in yes. 1999. It was pretty amazing yeah. how uh, all the machinations he went through to get back-to-back selections, which you could never do now yeah. in the National yeah. Hockey League, because it's all lottery uh, protected, whatever. But So he has the Sedins. When they're, they have to sign, the, the, their money's exactly the same over their careers. They've always signed the exact dollar same contract. Dollar for dollar. Dollar That's for amazing. dollar. Yeah. And they've played together. 17 seasons. It's, they're st- they could still play. They're 36 years old. Yeah. They could still go. I just think they're, you know, Vancouver's not very good anymore. Yeah. I, and, I, I and think they, Vancouver is, needs to move on from then to I rebuild. I think Vancouver's probably made the decision here for them and they've agreed to it. And, and yeah. I think it's interesting to see, yeah, what happens. Well, they can't play. They're going to play. I think they'll play in Sweden. You think so? Because they can play together. Play. Instead, yes. of, instead of one team in the NHL says, I want Henrik, I don't want Daniel, they, they, they go back to Europe, take less money, back home, play together. Exactly, and they'll play internationally for Sweden as long as they can in the Olympics and in World Championships. All right, so I'll, I'll give you guys this. I don't know if you're looking at the, if you're cheating right now, but but Kevin, I, I don't think you are. Ready? Okay. So 17 seasons, identical yes. money, right? NHL contract started in year 2000. Okay. Career earnings on Daniel and Henrik Sedin. 2000. So that <laughs> they had to be in the range of. Well, hang on. Four, he asked me. All he didn't right. Ask go you. ahead. I'll give you. How I'm many trying to help there. you. Well, see, had about 2000, I'm trying to think of the no, that was after they were paying guys huge money in New York. I'm thinking of Yager when he got like 40 million. Yep. Uh, but they would have been rookies, so they're on their rookie deals. Four contracts fully completed. Four con- their last contract I know was big. They're each getting like 7 or 8 million a year. Uh-huh. I'm going to say they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll put them at 70 million each. 70, Close. 71 million. Oh, all right. 71 oh, million well dollars. So, you know, a nice baseball 71. contract. <laughs> I, you know what? Frankly, they could probably. I, 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 w- I was thinking eighty, but the way you phrased it, I felt it would have been lower. Yeah. So, and they took discounts to stay together. Well, that's that's right. Why. That's what that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. yeah they, none of them could have have ever maxed out. Henrik yeah. Sedin, it, you know, scored more goals. The, Daniel scored, or maybe I have it backwards. No, I think Henrik is, is would Daniel had more assists. Player, right? Well, Daniel's more of an assist guy. If I have it, I got to look at their career numbers now. But if I remember it correctly, Henrik was the better. Well, yes, regarded as the better player mm-hmm. um, because he'd score more. But Daniel was no slouch. 
Actually, Daniel, matter of fact, I think Daniel on, has I'm more power play goals. Here, so. Tell me if that's right. Daniel might have more power play goals than Henrik, right, but well, Henrik may have more goals While he's overall. doing that, Kevin, because we kind of talked about the whole process here with Brian Burke. Do you think, do you think he thinks it was worth it? Absolutely. Was it worth it? Absolutely. 100%? Yeah. Yes, I do. To get two Hall of Fame players, yes. Yeah. And they're... Did it impede his roster at all? Oh, it probably did early yeah. on. No, no question about it. Sure. Yeah. The, right, the, the Longo trade really killed yeah, the Canucks, yeah. in my opinion. But go ahead. You guys keep going. I'm gonna write this down because I got okay. I got the I got each page up here. All right. So. I'm I'm just gonna say I, I I think Henrik Sedin has more goals, um, and Daniel's more assists. But I think Daniel has more power play goals. All right. Hang on. Hang on. I'm getting. But there. more assists overall. I think the brother dynamic is really interesting. You, we've, we've sort of talked about it before on here, and uh, you know they exist across the other sports. But we'll never see a, a simultaneous parallel situation like this. This right. is unbelievable. The telepathy yeah. that they had. Th- this is unbelievable. Right. Okay. They are within <laughs> 50 points of each other <laughs> wow. career-wise. Well, Henrik had an injury once, and, and Daniel kind of right. took over. Well, let me, let me one see. One of the years. Let I want to say see. Henrik had a concussion I'm looking at something. career games now here, and I'm going to go back It's easy to get the two time. mixed up. <laughs> I'm a twin, so take it easy here. All right. Henrik <laughs> Sedin. Made the finals once. Henrik Sedin, 1,327 career games, 240 goals, 828 assists wow. for 1,068 All right. points. Then I had that wrong. Daniel, 1,303 career games, 391 so goals, goals, a lot more, wow. 647 assists, 1,038 career points. Right. Literally within 30 points of each other over that, was, over that career. That's, that's a pretty amazing. That's a remarkable. pretty profitable egg, isn't it? Yes, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think that's what that's saying. That's a hundred and forty-four million dollar egg, is what that Split is. Split the egg. It was hundred forty-four million dollars. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. It's really been fun to kind of watch these guys over the years because, yeah, every time their contracts come up, I'm, I'm just waiting for. You know, the, the press conference where they both are sitting there and they both announce the exact same terms, and that's yeah. just how it's going to be. So it's been really neat to follow. I think it I think it is cool that they're retiring rather than go to the free agent market to play for somebody else. Yeah, I, ho- I kind of hope that doesn't happen. I'm, I'm a little worried that might happen, that, that maybe yeah. Daniel gets picked up by the Penguins and, you know, Boy, so we'll see if that I think happens. They, well, you know, th- that's the interesting thing. Will they take less, both of them, sure. to go play in Pittsburgh, for example, sure. at, you know, a million bucks each to win a cup? Never know. Double, double the amount of career power play goals for Daniel over Henrik. Right. right. Okay. So I yeah yeah, yeah I thought so. So that's the final thing. You I didn't asked know. About. I didn't know the overall goals were 137 career power play goals for Daniel. Right. 61 for Henrik. Yeah. But Henrik was the assist guy. Henrik right. was the 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 setup guy. Right. He was the center. He was the, the guy who had the puck on his stick. I'll tell you, Vancouver, one of the best places to call a game. Yeah. Like the press box, you were you were right over center ice. Great place to announce a game from. I'd say Vancouver and Montreal. Uh, Montreal's one, Vancouver's two. Not so much Winnipeg. Winnipeg is um, <laughs> to all good people in Winnipeg. It's a night, nice, but it, you know, you're you're back a little bit. Press box location was a little off, and they spelled my name wrong. Sure, <laughs> so, bias. That's uh, yeah, that's the bias. But right. listen, Montreal so one, Vancouver. Yeah, two. what an incredible story, and and probably not likely to be seen ever in our lifetime no. of it, two it, impactful brothers that spend their career. Oh, twins. Together. There's a twins. Twins. twins yeah. Right. That friends. spend their career together, and and it, it's an amazing story. Yeah. I mean, okay. Let's uh, let's move. We're going to shift now back to football here to close things out. Um, 
you want to talk about the New York Giants. I do. Actually, just really some trades in general because, I, you know, the rumor mills were really kicking up this time of year and, you know, everybody knows everything, but nobody knows anything. And, That's right. You know, a report. Take everything with a grain of salt. But, you know, th- there's still quite a few really notable trade rumors out there. And I, there, I'm starting to put some dollars and cents to a few of them because, uh, you know, we, specific, we talked last week a little bit about, you know, Odell Beckham because that was the hot topic and it still hasn't gone away. And maybe it's even gotten more more productive in terms of the, the people who are reporting things now. Um, but he, here's my take on it. And, and obviously, you know, with a grain of salt as well, because there's plenty of time in the offseason to work with. But the Giants can't even afford their draft pool right now. I mean, the, the New York Giants do not have a lot of cap space. So they're they're looking to offload something, <laughs> whether it's. You know whether it's is it Beckham Odell? Jr.'s nine million, or, or do they have or other options? Releasing or restructuring, or or uh, he, here's where I am. Look at the Giants have the number two pick, and obviously there's a lot of teams that want the number two pick, and that's sure. been sort of the hot topic. And and nobody kind of knows if the Giants are you know sitting on Saquon Barkley or sitting on you know Josh Rosen, or if they're going to trade that out and you know rebuild their draft. But uh, there's some interesting situations to, to to really consider, and really I need we need to go back to December when. You know, Eli Manning was benched, and they they brought in a new regime, and all of a sudden Eli Manning is is perfect again, right? He's the quarterback, and everything's perfect and hunky dory, and his fifty nine percent, yeah, his fifty nine percent completion percentage is just fine with people, and I, I would not count him out of this conversation. I would not count on Eli, mean Eli Manning trade out. No, is I think he's tradable. Tradable. I think Eli Manning is still tradable. Um, they did pay his roster bonus, so so that's off the table. You think that's contingent on They're them not. using the second pick on a quarterback or someone else? I I think they Davis could go Webb, in any of the guy directions. they have now. Yeah, I think Davis Webb is is certainly a name. I think they could certainly draft somebody. Even at, even if let's say they do make a trade with, for instance, the Bills, that that would give them the number twelve pick. They could still take a quarterback there. True. How much money so, do they save going from two to twelve in rookie? cap not a lot Putting right me on the spot here but but hang on but and then the second part of that is but having two first round picks this year does that just is that a wash going from two and having 12 and 22 uh it saves them three million to go down to 12 but if they added 22 would be a wash okay yep right. so if the, the only real benefit first. of getting out of the top 10 is the four-year versus five-year contracts yeah. right well no they're, they're both existing but that fifth year option is cheaper outside of the top 10 okay so it's a situation where they'd save money the fifth year, but with a quarterback, that's moot because they're probably going to extend him right. anyway. That's exactly what Giants fans want to hear. We're trading on the two pick because we're cheap. <laughs> well, the question, the question <laughs> well, is, but, but the draft picks you'd acquire would be quite the quite the the pool. Well, I and mean, here's yeah. the question about the Giants' intentions: are are yes. do they think they are are they rebuilding or not? You know, a lot of moves <laughs> they've made. Nate Solder and some of the other moves have said that they don't think they're rebuilding. Uh, that they think they can win, which would lead you to think they keep Eli Manning, which would lead you to think they don't take a quarterback at number two. But what you're telling me is maybe they are ready to dive into the rebuilding pool, which might mean either you trade out a number two or you take that quarterback at number two, get rid of Eli, and say, "Hey, yeah. it, we are ready to move to the yeah. next." Yeah, era. I'm not even saying. I'm not even. I'm not even sure I'm saying rebuild. I think what I'm saying is their cap isn't even healthy enough right now to really continue as it is. Okay. So I think I think there's some kind of move coming. Obviously, I'm swinging big with an, an, uh, Beckham Jr. and Eli Manning. You know, and moving on from either of those guys might signify a rebuild, which means they would just go crazy from there. Um, but they did bring in Elk Ogletree. Look, they made some signings. I mean, they brought in you know, you know paid Solder a lot yeah, of money. I, yeah, I mean they've they've got a situation where they really can't afford to rebuild because of the contracts that they've signed and the people they've traded for right now. 
I just think maybe Eli Manning could be upgraded. I, and I don't think a lot of people would disagree with me based on the no, last couple of no, years. I've, I've, I've said if the Gi- if these quarterbacks are as good as everybody's hyping them out to be, mm-hmm. which they probably aren't. If the just go with the <laughs> F here, Paul. Sorry, <laughs> and we'll we'll end the podcast with this because it's my point. Um, but we'll stay on uh, Periscope. Thanks, Winnipeg. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> If these quarterbacks are as good as everybody says, how, how can the Giants pass up on their next quarterback at two? Because Saquon Barkley is perfect, Paul. Kevin. No, I like that you're talking Paul if you disagree <laughs> with the point. All right. That's it for the SpotTrack.com. He's a running back, which thus makes him not perfect Can in he the throw NFL. or not? <laughs> That's it for the SpotTrack.com podcast. For Mike Gennetti, the founder of SpotTrack.com, Paul Peck, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening.